The world around us is changing rapidly, and your job as a fundraiser or nonprofit marketer is evolving with it. We're pursuant. We're built by fundraisers for fundraisers, and we've been in your shoes. So we want to bring you tips and tools that you can use to meet you where you are in your current reality and help you go beyond to where you really want to go. You're tuned in to a pursuant listening experience. Howdy, howdy, podcast listeners. This is Taylor Shanklin with the Pursuant team and another episode of Go Beyond. In this episode, we got to sit down with Ryan Quinn, CEO and founder of a company called Bright Guest. Bright Guest is doing some really interesting things when it comes to creating unique digital experiences. So Ryan and I sat down and we talked about one of the hottest topics in the marketplace today, and that is getting attention, getting the right attention from the right supporters at the right time can be challenging because so many people are so busy these days. So we talked about how to create engaging experiences to capture that attention while you have it. I hope you enjoy the episode. All right. Hello, hello, podcast listeners. This is Taylor Shanklin with another episode of Go Beyond. And I'm really excited to talk about a topic that's so, so near and dear to my heart with a really cool friend in the fundraising industry that I just met recently, Mr. Ryan Quinn. Hey, Ryan, how are you? I'm great, Taylor. Awesome. Well, hey, let's talk today. You are the CEO of a company called Bright Guest. Could you just give people a quick highlight on who you are and, and what you're doing these days? Yeah. So BrightGuest is a software technology. We help solve the number one problem for organizations, which is capturing attention in an on-demand, mobile-obsessed culture. The whole premise basically is that attention has changed. And if you're trying to compete for attention, like it's 2009, you're not winning that game. So it can cost you tens of thousands of dollars per month. So that's why I created BrightGuest. We help organizations stay BFFs with their audiences uh, with personalized microsites delivered through immediate channels like text messaging. So you can amplify impact 500% more effectively than traditional channels at a lower cost. That's awesome. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about attention. It's something that I talk about a lot. And let's talk about like, what is the problem today with getting people's attention? How do we capture it? What have you found to work? Yeah, attention is a very interesting topic, almost like a rabbit hole. You can go down looking at different ways of defining it, quantifying it. It's super interesting stuff. But basically, how I look at it is that attention is it's a scarce commodity, right? And, and a person only has so much of it. So and it, while it's up for debate whether our attention spans are actually decreasing, attention is definitely evolving. And it's because with multiple channels spread across multiple devices, there's more opportunities for distraction and the amount of content available is actually making us more selective. So on the low end, we see an average of 4,000 messages a day. It's insane when you think of it. Organizations across all industries are trying to figure out how to catch up, how to adapt, and nonprofits are greatly impacted by it as they are profoundly reliant on that supporter engagement piece to achieve their mission. 
Let's talk a little bit more about how the amount of content available is making us more selective. I think this gets into a really interesting thing. And do you know Julia Campbell? I don't. Okay, she's she's big in social media for nonprofits. She and I know each other. We follow each other on Twitter. She puts out a lot of good stuff. And we were both sort of ranting a little bit about in, in response to something that we saw on Twitter this week and basically saying like the topic was Facebook fundraising and people were complaining that, oh, we don't have the donor information. And she and I were both kind of saying like, there's a reason people are not clicking that opt-in checkbox, okay? They are being more selective and they don't want to feel spammed. So let's talk about that a little bit and let's talk about how you think organizations should be creating the right kind of engagement experience in the digital world so that they select you, right? Like your organization. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you hit it squarely that people will, given the chance, choose less noise over more noise just because their lives are noisy. And when organizations do more of what isn't working. It just adds to the amount of noise. So really, to me, it's about how do you stand out from the crowd? And the only way to really do that is to know your audience. So it takes multiple touch points across channels to compel action. And you have to continually be driving engagement to grow your audience, to build and retain your donor base. You know, in today's world where we're constantly multitasking in front of more than one screen with the option to consume content on demand wherever you want, it's hard to capture the attention of your audience, whether they're donors, volunteers, advocates, however you define your audience. And it's not just important, but it's expected to meet your audience where they are, to align your communication with how your audience consumes content. So again, don't do more of what isn't working. The answer isn't to add to the noise. It's about being smarter with your communications and outreach. So meet your audience where they are. I mean, let's talk about some numbers. I read in a recent MNR benchmark study, they reported that online revenue growth for nonprofits flattened out in 2018. So it only increased 1%. And that's like the first time in 13 years of them doing that study that they reported, reported single digit growth in revenues. And yeah, while that's sure could be due to many variables, it does shine a light on the state of the world and where trends are heading. So for one, it brings to our attention the state of email fundraising. It's hard, it's getting harder. And in that same study, they reported revenue from email decreased by 8% in 2018, but the number of emails sent increased 4%. So the answer wasn't to send more emails. That didn't work. Attention's changed. And if you're trying to, you know, use strategies that really personalize what that communication is, you're going to be much more likely to get a response. We are all used to Netflix, Amazon, etc., curating the experience based on what we've validated as who we are. And so when organizations don't do that, it just instantly feels spammy and we don't opt in. We opt out when we can. So let's talk about that because I was having this conversation too recently with a fellow marketer in in this field and we were talking about, yeah, okay, we all want to be like Amazon, right? To the organizations listening who are thinking, God, don't, don't tell me that again. I know, but how do I do it? I'm a small organization. I have little resources. Like, 
how do you actually create that relevant and authentic experience that people are expecting? Right. So you have to ask yourself, how can you be smarter with your communications and outreach so it's more impactful? So you see those results. The first thing you have to meet your audience where they are. So what, let's say, for example, what are the actual age demographics of my audience? Is a large chunk of my audience 50 years or younger? If so, you should definitely be doing stuff outside of email like text messaging. It's the most widely used communication channel across the board. Open rates on text messages are around 98% compared to email open rates, which are less than 20%. So again, know your audience. What are they used to using on a daily basis to communicate with friends, families, and now more and more organizations? And more supporters are giving nonprofits the permission to text them. So during 2018, it grew by 14%. And studies have shown that fundraising text messages click-through rates are around 13%, whereas fundraising email click-through rates are around 0.44%. So huge, vast difference there. But again, you know, not just the channel, but what are you saying on that channel? So having ways to understand how you can segment your audiences into different buckets so that what you're saying to them is going to resonate. And our customers are seeing on average about a 30% tap through rate on their text messages. So huge difference between those two. And it's not just because it's text. Imagine how you could expand your reach and the results if you could achieve increases like that. But you can only do that by being able to have strategies in place that give you those kind of real-time insights. Email is loud, it's crowded, so you have to be smart about how you use email to get the results rather than waste your time and add to the noise. So going back to segmentation, basically it's the practice of dividing your audience into smaller approachable groups so you can create and you can deliver more effective personalized messaging and personalized content. And you know, when I look at reports like the 2018 Charitable Giving Stat Report, targeting customers on a one-on-one level increases response rates more than 50%. So done are the days where you can just solely rely on mass generic email blasts to create a response. And you don't have to start with you know, advanced segmentation strategies. Get started by separating your contacts by donor versus non-donor. Personalize the messaging and the content of the email based on where the person is in the journey so it's more relevant for them. For a non-donor, don't start with a hard ask of donating. Start with sharing some powerful stories about the individuals your nonprofit has helped. And the call to action could be follow your organization on social media or give them opportunities to volunteer. So using segmentation may take more time up front, but your efforts will produce way bigger results in sending the same, rather than just saying, make a donation and send that out to 20,000 people in your CRM. Yeah, totally. You're speaking our love language here, Ryan. We, uh, we do a lot of work on that segmentation. And I agree. I think organizations, a lot of times when you think about segmentation and, and data and analysis, your eyes can glaze over if you're thinking that it's overwhelming. But like you said, it's like start simple, donors versus non-donors, event participants versus non-event participants. There's a way to a way to start small and there's definitely tools that make it a lot easier now to to identify those people. So 
All right. Mobile is a huge area where people discover and engage. I thought that 13% versus what did you say? 0.4% email open rate versus 13% message open rate. Less than half. It's huge. It's huge. And so, you know, people are on their phones all the time. They're often discovering things on various platforms on their phone. And sometimes that's how I learn about new things because I saw a friend post about it on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. And then I go check it out. Let's talk about how do you recommend organizations build the right workflow on these like mobile digital experiences. I think there's a lot to what you said too about don't always just ask first. And I like to say that a lot, like bring value first many times before you make the ask. And I think that mobile and engagement is a really good way to think about stewardship and relationship building. So what are like three top best practices you've seen in building the mobile experiences out? Yeah. So building relationships, that's what it's about. It's about storytelling and doing it in a way where you're inviting your audience to be a part of that story. Going back to the whole rabbit hole of what attention actually is, there's this term that I'm obsessed with right now called micro moments. Basically, they are brief, intent rich moments where decisions are made and preferences are shaped. And so those mostly happen in the mobile world. So it's all going to have to be optimized for that experience. But you can turn strangers into friends by using micro moments. Everyone is short on time. We're constantly on the go with our phone glued to our hand. So to capitalize on that and connect with people in real time, you have to create those smart workflows. Like you said, for example, Instagram stories are a great tool for storytelling using micro moments. Social media is made for short bursts of digital activity. I'm walking to lunch. I pull out my phone. I go to Instagram. I see a post my friend liked from a nonprofit I've never heard of. So I go to their Instagram, I check out their story, and I watch short video clips of their team behind the scenes setting up for their upcoming fundraising walk. I'm not looking to watch a professionally made 10-minute video right off the bat. People respond to less polished content that's authentic, that they can relate to. A way to use your website is you know, capitalizing on those micro moments as well using blogging. I've got kids and I'm searching for some local volunteer opportunities that are good for kids. What pops up in the search results, a blog written by this local nonprofit on all the cool ways kids can volunteer for the organization. Now I've gone from being a stranger to being closer to a friend. Super effective content that's easy to create. It's not always about that long form content. I'm not going to start off by reading a 20 page PDF nonprofit annual report. So to engage and retain donors, think about how you can leverage digital content to invite your audience to be a part of the story you're telling. The workflow you use is going to be based off the context that it's being engaged with. So in the case of, let's say you do use email, I'm not saying you should scrap it, but you could introduce something like text messaging or certain insights that you could get based off of certain CRMs out there that might be able to give insights into donor history or what their type of social groups that they are members of that might indicate potential for volunteering. Leverage insights like that to customize the workflows that people go through. Again, I'd come full circle back to building the relationship. Once your audience feels like they belong, they know you, they're a part of your story, they can continue writing that story with you. 
Yeah, I love that word micro moments too. I'm also as well a little bit obsessed with it and have been thinking about it in, in a lot of different ways. So I, I like that you said that. I think the biggest takeaway for people these days is to not get hung up on that overproduction. Like you said, people enjoy engaging in the five-second Instagram story post that you put up, and it feels real, and it makes them feel like they're getting to know the people who work at your organization or the people impacted by your organization on a, on a real level, right? And it doesn't feel so, so distant in the same way that an email maybe feels. You know, I think people are just a little bit over being marketed to, and email feels that way now, you know? So, you had a lot of great stuff. So Ryan, if you could leave people with one tip on like, if you can do just one thing, what would that one thing be? If you could do just one thing to get to know your audiences so that you can further how you, the personalization that you use for how you communicate with them, I would say that you need to use platforms that your audience is already consuming content on. So understand the age demographic, understand how your audience is communicating and meet them there. So for instance, if you have a platform that can leverage text messaging, don't just use text messaging, but deliver, use that as an anchor point to drive a personalized content rich experience because they'll be much more likely to then engage and then use those insights in your email, in your direct mail, in your social media posts. All of these platforms can work together synergistically, but you have to make the decision to pay attention and to be diligent about what the metrics are that indicate the personas of your audience. Once you pay attention, that would be you know, the first step in taking the next step, which is leveraging those insights to further segment your audience and make the communication as granular and personalized as you can make it. Yeah, perfect. I'll do a total pursuant shameless plug here. If you need those insights, we've got them for you. <laughs> go to go to cosmo.com and you can learn more about how we can get you those insights. Hey Ryan, this has been good. I, I like a lot of the stuff that you've thrown out for us today to to think about. I think it's really important stuff and the world is changing around us and we have to adapt and change with it, right? And so I think you pointing out the just the fact that attention is is changing and people are being more selective is something that we really need to take a pause and think about in our industry. So I appreciate you saying that. If people want to learn more about you, get in touch, find out more about Bright Dust and what you guys are doing there, what's the best way to do that? Yeah. So I mentioned earlier, we help organizations stay BFFs with their audiences. Um, so if you want, you can take out your phone and you can text the word BFF to 27000, 27,000. Awesome. And you'll get Ryan as your BFF. <laughs> you got it. Cool. Well, hey, thanks, Ryan. Thanks so much for joining us today. It was a pleasure speaking and uh, we'll see you around. Thank you so much. It was great to be here. Hey, y'all. Thanks for tuning in with us. Be sure to check out all of the latest and greatest Pursuant resources at Pursuant.com or drop us a line at info at Pursuant.com. <laughs>